Hello there, welcome to Riot Act Reviews, part of the Riot Act podcast where I, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. How are you? Hello, Steve. I'm very Hello. well, thank you. How are you? Are you? Are you actually? Yeah. Uh, good. Well, I mean, I just, you know, it's been a... As we will discuss on, on this week's weekly Riot Act podcast, it's not been a great week, and I think we're on the verge of war, so... Um, oh, it's it's not been a great week, but I'm doing okay. I'm, oh, that's good. I'm, I'm just trying to be as oblivious to world events and personal events as possible. Yeah, fair. I mean, as long as you're all right, that's the main thing. Yeah, isn't it? Right. Anyway, look, this is part of the Right Act podcast, which you can listen to us, uh, as I just said, on every Friday. We come out talking about all the stuff that's been going on in the world of music, but occasionally we like to delve deep into a record of some note that is coming out very, very soon. And today we're going to be talking about Angel in Real Time by Gang of Youths, the third studio album by the Australian alternative rock band, the follow-up to the 2017 album, Go Farther Into The Light. Um, before we get started, this is something we don't usually do, Renfrey. We're going to big up somebody at a major record label. Um, <laughs> I, I have to be honest, I think because we're in the United Kingdom, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this on YouTube from outside of the United Kingdom, bear with us because I'm aware that if you are from Australia or even if you're from America, mm. Gang of Youths, quite a big deal. Quite a big deal. I, um, I read um, somewhere, cannot recall the source, but one source, something like Spin or something like that, said they were like Kings of Leon levels in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they've won a few Arias, which is the yeah. sort of the Australian equivalent of the Brits over here. So you think of the sort of people that win Brits over here, well, Adele, as we were talking about recently. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying they're as big as Adele, but they're pretty big in probably Australia. Probably not as big as Adele, let's be fair. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they're they're fairly not. big in Australia and America, definitely. Yeah. But even though they are headlining some pretty sizable venues on their upcoming UK headline tour in March, um, I was not really, well, I say not really, I wasn't familiar with them at all. I wasn't familiar with them as a band. And here we are. Uh, we have been sent their record. We get sent a lot of things. But... Um, Tom Dark at Warner, who's their label, sent this to me and said, I, I think you might be quite interested in this band. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, like when somebody texts you and says, it, I, my ears always prick up a bit when it's not just like, hey, I've got this new album. Hope you like it. Check it out. When someone says, listen, yeah, I know what you like. And I think you might be quite interested in this. Tom made, go, oh. Tom made a point yeah. of saying this one is, you know, for you guys kind of thing. Yeah. And thank and God he did as well. I'm I'm glad he did. And he said, you know, he didn't send me the album straight away. He said, would you like me to send you the album of this? And he linked me to their Spotify page. And I listened to the first couple of singles. And I think they were singles from this album. Um, I believe at the time... Um, the Kingdom was Within You or Angel of Eighth Avenue were both out at that point. And I listened to them and I was like, hmm, yeah, I would definitely mm. like to listen to more of that. Mm. And mm. so Tom very kindly sent us over this record. And thanks, Tom. Thanks for doing that. Because I think this is a very good chance that even though, like I say, they, they are a sizable band in certain areas of the world, might slightly have passed you and I by were it not for somebody kind of waving this right in front of our face and going you must listen to this oh a few weeks ago i had never heard of this band um when tom initially told us about it i kept 
thinking they were called Gang of Four <laughs> because <laughs> that it was so not, not in same. my mind at all. Um, uh, I was like, oh, I must listen to that Gang of Four album in my head, and obviously. Not. Um, I mean, by the way, you should listen to Gang of Four. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Just yeah. as just as an aside, not different. that. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, no, I hadn't heard of this band at all, and I, I, I'm like a few weeks later with the amount that I've listened to this album with the amount of research I've done on this band, all the interviews I've been given, finding out their fascinating story, being completely wowed by how their front person manages to uh, communicate those elements of their story, which really are amazing through song just completely sucking myself into the world of gang of youths it seems crazy to me now at this point where we're recording that i knew precisely fuck all about this band a month ago because i've delved and i know you have as well i've delved so deeply into this band to try and Mm. discover more about them and read as much about them as possible and that whole fandom thing has really kicked in for me which i should say is incredibly rare for people like you and me because we are having to move on to the next thing all the time kind of thing Mm. you know so yeah it's quite it's a extraordinary thing when that happens i would say and it probably only happens a couple of times a year this part of the podcast is basically like you know when you see athletes and they're going ready set they're at the sort of starting line yes and they're set (laughs) that's sort of where we are on this part uh like we're setting ourselves up to be really complimentary for the next yeah i mean look yeah let's let's put it this way we haven't heard of this band before you might have not heard of this band before by the end of the year whether or not we had told you i'm pretty sure you will have heard of you would have heard of them um if you have heard of them uh, and you are a fan of them get be prepared to share them with a lot of people i would i would predict um they have just recently opened for sam fender in arenas in the uk uh last year they did the colbert show in the us as well so you know like i say they are doing all right for themselves um but we should talk about this record and this record in particular rather than just going hey how did we miss this thing that was happening um so this album essentially is about as you said um the it's a, a very personal diary into the mind of frontman david lau pepe that's what i'm i think that's how you say it Le, yes Le I, 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 I don't pepe? know i don't know yeah. um but i think that's a brave attempt and well done Okay, so it is dealing with the death of his father, someone who he described as the most important man in my life in a feature that I read with him from The Telegraph. And um, mm, this album... Nick, our friend, your friend of mine, Nick Ruskell. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he's a, he's a really, really good, um, a really, really good really feature good as well. So, mm. yeah, very, very interesting and revealing. And the revelations about what he found out about his father after this event... And this record essentially deals with that. It is about somebody's life. It is about somebody's impressions of somebody else's life. And then I guess their life after dealing with the revelations of a life that they thought they knew. It's it's I'm making it sound quite complicated, aren't I? But I guess these sort of feelings are quite complicated. I mean, basically... David Lapepe is 
Polynesian heritage. Um, and um, he says in the press notes, I want, of, of this record, I want to reflect on how I became dependent on grief for solace and inspiration. The cycle from numbness to acceptance to yearning plays a role in my approach to grieving my dad's death. As a result, most of the time, I feel a bit futile as a person. Now, that might sound like a catchy little thing for somebody to say about their records in the build-up to the release of it but genuinely i think he's fucking nailed exactly what this record sounds like in that like 30 40 words yeah and it's actually quite a complex thing that he's trying to nail as well it's not a very black and white um it's not a simple feeling that he's trying to nail it's quite extraordinary um the way some of these songs make me feel and make me think about my own life and how i feel like i can relate to them even though i'm a completely different person to david loepi uh very very different you know should definitely um, check we should definitely yeah, we really should have checked that fact fact check that, that massive uh, apologies name. because because it's also going to be a name that a lot of people are going to know <laughs> like quite soon i think mm. um but yeah it's extraordinary the way uh this album uh makes me feel and the way that it has related to my own life yeah i mean so basically from what i can ascertain just very very briefly i don't think we need to get too much into the actual um i was gonna say gossip of the story then i i'm sort of searching for a better word than that but let's go with it for a minute but i think basically it's on the record if you want to hear it it's on the record and i'd both fully recommend that you listen to the record so yeah. yeah i mean basically his father passed away he thought his father was 70 his father actually was 80 and uh, he found out in the aftermath of his passing that he had a whole other family a secret family that you know that david had never been aware of before and the basically this record deals with kind of eulogizing and celebrating everything he knew about his father but then also trying to i guess reconcile and reevaluate all the things that he found out about him later and how those two things kind of butt heads together and how that affects him as a person and the result of this and also when you when you look at the influences i think of of gang of youth which again like i say you know there's there's polynesian heritage they're from australia which is you know australia is a is a country with a great musical heritage but it doesn't have a single defining characteristic in the same way as manchester or seattle or new york or do you know what i mean it doesn't have that same thing so i think bands from these sort of places and bands with sort of different um heritage and stuff i mean i recently spoke to a band um who have a kind of latin american uh heritage but don't actually have that in their music but they're like it's kind of in our blood anyway even if we don't whether or not we choose to have it um sort of clear in our music it it's still sort of res- it's still kind of it, it just is it just is there so mm. i think that thing just is there and then when you think of the influences that there are that you can listen that you can like, clearly hear on this record which for me very much feel like quite um i guess m- mid noughties electronic music um and um british indie like kind of the, the glory years of british indie yeah. and american americana so pulp to the national foals to arcade fire the verve to the war on drugs springsteen 
<laughs> the British evasion. Nick Cave a little bit as well, I think, is in there. What with, you know, where they're from as well. I think when you kind of amalgamate those things, that would be an interesting album. I think when you whack in the extra added elements of that kind of electronic stuff that they do, and also the just imbuing of their own heritage into a style which is, you know, is not somewhere they're rigidly from. Mm. Uh, so there's no kind of Polynesian Britpop bands as far as I'm aware. <laughs> you get a you get a very different sounding take on that. And I think even before we get into the thematics of the record, musically, this is just so fucking ambitious. And it's so, it doesn't not sound like something you've never heard before, but at the same no. time, it does sound like something you've mm. never heard before because mm. it's just got this something else about it that is so different from it from the things that is influenced by if you're from fucking boston and you decide to do a menzingers band you're probably going to sound a bit like the menzingers right mm, 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 yeah but maybe with a bit of the dropkick murphy thrown in or whatever but this doesn't have that at all it's it's just got that something else to it which sets it apart from pretty much all those bands i've mentioned before <laughs> yeah mm. um it took it, it took me a very long time to get a grip on what this album was not because i think the music is particularly complex um because i don't think it's i think a lot of it is actually relatively simple i think it's very layered and i think there's a lot going on but i don't think the individual parts are particularly complex but hmm. in terms of um the breadth and the broadness of the album certainly musically and i'd say lyrically as well it took me a long time to kind of get a grip on it because it's so vast it's so vast there's so much going on and the first three or four listens i think to this record i knew it was good but i also just didn't understand quite i was like what is this i'm not sure what it is you've just named a lot of bands and a lot of acts all of which i absolutely see in this band but it also but it also doesn't give a particularly clear indication or idea of what they sound like because everything that you've named is so broad i tried to like do an elevator pitch to a friend um yesterday to try and sum it up and i was basically like the national with a bit of radiohead and uh a bit of the war on drugs basically and i was like that's about the closest i'm going to be able to get to summing up this record succinctly <laughs> yeah but that's not even i mean for me if if someone hears that and they go but that sounds good they're going to be confronted with so many other things which have nothing to do with any of those three bands yes, yes. and i think that actually comes from you know the the kind of those backing vocal chants those kind of mm -hmm. um i mean i don't even know how to accurately describe it without being accused of you know kind of being culturally insensitive or i don't know mm. what those sounds are i don't know how to describe them but mm. they feel very evocative of something else do you know what i mean of, of of something else and um and i'm not quite sure what that something actually is mm. um 
so let's go into the actual album itself kind of track by track uh the opening song you and everything does set a stall out rather well i think i mean it's just fucking gorgeous and that hook of i will hear you and everything is just so fucking haunting and the way that it builds with these strings just from that kind of small mandolin part is incredible and again lyrically you know it immediately asks these kind of really really specific but really relatable questions about the nature of parenthood and how one might feel like we don't i don't have kids you don't have kids but you kind of go like if i found out that i was about to be a father or i was about to have children surely you would go oh shit i don't know what i'm gonna do and there's that senses all over that song i think immediately you just go wow here we go this is like this is happening. This like straight away. You you kind of. I as soon as I put it on, I got the feeling. I was like, I mean, if it carries on like this, this is going to be really great. This record, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, it doesn't carry on like this, and yeah, no. it's even better than you could have imagined it. Because, um, you know, slight spoiler alert. I think this album starts fantastically and more or less just gets better. The second as it goes half on. of it is. But we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but this you and everything is an extraordinary extraordinary way to start that uh one minute intro or one minute and a bit intro which is essentially the kitchen sink and everyone Mm. else's kitchen sink let's just throw everything in and give you a kind of one minute this is roughly everything you're going to hear on the record roughly (laughs) but so much is being thrown at you there's no possible way you could make sense of it not on the first couple of listens it's weird now because when that intro comes in now i my body actually has a response uh, an automatic response which i i I swear it just floods me with um what's the chemical serotonin uh you know it just makes me very very happy suddenly because i know when that intro comes in that that means the next 67 minutes of my life is going to be this incredible musical journey that i'm about to go on and i think that's mm. extraordinary but the song itself you and everything is is beautiful it's just a lovely song about his wife about how she uh, about how he sees her in everything mm. and and that's just the sentiment of it it's, it's absolutely lovely i mean there's this album is chock full of beautiful sentiments um towards all manner of people in his life um but yeah you and everything is a, is a beautiful way to start this record yeah i wanted to say thank you to tom for sending us the lyrics because this is a record yes. where you know like the lyrics on the page on the page as well uh, are where you go like I, I think you can listen to lyrics sometimes and they sound amazing within the context of great music and then you can read them and you go oh yeah you know like i maybe actually read off the page on their own they maybe lose something a little bit away from them and that's fine i think that's fine i would say most lyrics are like that personally like uh, there's uh, there's very few where they work with the music but also just off the page Mm. yeah i would say this is one of the records that is the the sort of the exception to the rule isn't it i mean the second song in the wake of your leave the opening verse on that so so as you can um canyoneered from my world upwards and the angels took their place i was the loser at your funeral no emotion conveyed it was drawn out in vain and the idiot i am just figured in the wake of your leave that i'd never hear from you again and i just think that's 
just fucking an amazing piece of lyric writing. It's yeah. not it's not showy. It's not like I mean, again, I said I think I said before I had a kind of argument with someone on Twitter who said, "Oh, Matt Matt Healy from the 1975 is such a genius because I listened to his lyrics and it was all just like jumbled, big, bloody, you know, like some people can write big, jumbly word stuff. We've spoken about Cedric Bixler before and how mm-hmm. that shit that he writes, which is all just like you know, photo box my grandmother's ashen zebra." Zenomath in the and you just go I don't know what you're talking about but just proving the way, how difficult it is then. yeah yeah I know I am yeah um but yeah because it is difficult it is difficult it is, and I exactly. think like yeah. and Cedric Bixler is somebody who can do that you'd probably see it written down and go I don't know what any of this means yeah. but then when you hear him deliver it you kind of get what he's saying through the intention of what he's saying Definitely. whereas this is not that this is simple and relatable but i mean you said something brilliant yesterday and i'll I'll let you say it about how specific yet relatable this record is so i mean i've kind of brewed it there but go on in your words renfrey Mm, i was referring specifically to one song so i might um save it for later okay Mm, uh, well i think it's i think it's relevant to the entire record to be perfectly honest but like fuck it i'll do it now um uh i was saying how a lot of the lyrics on this record are clearly about experiences that are very, very personal to David Loepepe. Apologies once again. Um, I hope that's vaguely right. Yeah, it's vaguely right. Um, and yet, he manages to have his cake and eat it as well because he somehow manages to get to the crux of the emotion of those experiences and that emotion is what makes it universal so there is a um there is a a line of thought within songwriting that if you want to appeal to lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people you write lyrics which aren't detailed and you write lyrics which aren't specific lincoln park of lincoln park Chester Bennett and said, "Oh, my, it's not really about anything." Yeah, is... yeah, yeah. We're we're going to do a um, classic album on Muse soon, and I, you know, I really like Muse a lot, but Matt Bellamy is very well versed in that. You know, um, they won't control us. They won't, you know, uh, obey us. Blah blah blah. Whatever. I mean, that could be the government, or it could be your parents. You know, or me, or, or it could be Stephen Hill. You know, for example, the lyrics on Angel in Real Time are really specific. And, you know, the thinking goes, if they're really, really specific, the more specific and the more detailed they are, the less people are going to be able to relate to them. And mm. I've always thought that that line of thinking is bullshit. And mm. Angel in Real Time proves me correct. Yeah. I, I I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, l- listen, we've been talking for a little while already. We've essentially uh, we could go through track by track, but actually, I've written notes for track by a long track. Time. I don't <laughs> think we should do a track by track actually, because for there's a couple of reasons. I think that one is we'll be here a really really long time, uh, and two because I think there's shit on this album that you should probably discover for yourself. Because I'm going to say right yes. now, you've got go and li- like spoiler alert you need to go and it's not a spoiler really is it like you need to go and listen to this record you need to do that and so I'd, let's I'd leave a few recommend. little surprises for people i'd actually recommend 
that you pause this right now, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening um, through the podcast, and just listen to the record and then come back to us and we'll talk about some of the stuff that you've just heard. Like, like whoever you are, whatever you're into, just and, I would that would be my recommendation. Unless you're listening to it before it came out, of course, because this is probably going to go out just before it comes out. Naughty, naughty. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, don't pirate it and listen to it properly. Um, so I'm going to say sort of the first half of the record is when I is big, isn't it? It's bar- like, here's the other thing about this this band. They've just been doing uh, arenas with Sam Fender. I can't imagine how great these songs sound in the arena. I can't imagine how great they're going to sound in stadiums. I say gonna sound in stadiums because. You know, I've written down shit like Coldplay and the Killers here. And I know people will be like, oh, oh hold on, Coldplay and the Killers. Oh, no. Uh. But those bands, what I mean by that is, you've already mentioned Kings of Leon. What I mean by that is a band who are able to write a record with this much depth, this much, this much ingenuity, this much originality, this much heart and this much personality and yet are still able to write a song like The Kingdom Is In You, which has got this chorus that I just sounds like it should be being played at the opening to the Olympic Games. Like, mm-hmm. it is massive. There are so many moments. Like, don't be fooled into thinking that this is some sort of weird little insular bedroom project. This is God, no. massive. Mm. absolutely massive at points on this record when it wants to go stadium filling it sounds absolutely gargantuan this record and Mm. i would say the first half of the record in particular which i think is the i mean (laughs) in the loosest terminology possible the weakest half of the record the first half i would agree with that weakest does seem very cruel indeed considering the quality of it but yes uh considering that you know that is the weakest half of the record um it still feels like those are the songs that people will be going like jumping up and down and hugging their best friend to in you know massive fields and festivals around the world because there is some huge shit in there yeah i think um I think a lot of the anthems are on the first half of the record. I'm speaking yeah. relatively broadly because there are definitely some anthems on the mm-hmm. second half as well. But I think a lot of the more overtly, not even overtly, but a lot of the material which can be interpreted as joyous, even if it's just in a musical sense rather than a lyrical sense, is in the first half, I would say. Um, the Kingdom is Within You, that song that you mentioned, is absolutely astonishing. Yeah. song yeah. is absolutely amazing i got this from the enemy it's a tribute to the lives and legacy of thousands and thousands of pacific migrants who were trying to make their way in the world but were fucked over exploited and treated very badly by their conquering masters as lower pepe explains pacific people are individually separate we have our own cultures our own traditions our own languages but we are unified in identity and, you know, I don't want to spoil too many of the lyrics on this record, and I don't want to read them in my shitty, blummy voice. I think you should, you know, listen to the album. But to give an example of how that is presented, 
um the first verse and chorus go when the foreman came he helped me understand that my destiny was mortar in the almighty's hand then they shipped my ass and they worked me place to place then delivered me in the combines as a ward of the state come to find me i'm here today but don't belong i'm working till the debt is gone the upside of it the upside of it but in a most familiar way i'm begging you to understand i try to be a decent man the upside of it the upside of it and it's this yeah. and that bit that the upside of it is <sighs> so fucking of it. it's the so such a massive earworm oh, that, it's huge yeah it's huge and the song itself it's so joyous it's so joyous but it's singing about something awful <laughs> it's singing about something it's singing about uh, a group of people in really awful slave-like conditions you know and when you hear words like i'm working till the debt is gone mm. in this in that kind of environment and and yet it you know and it's writing from that perspective as well but it's doing so in a way which is glass half full rather than glass half empty there's something so moving about that so yeah. moving about that mm. I, I i think it kind of makes you go well what you know those circumstances are worse than so, so any circumstances that i that i have ever been in and ever will be in and yet they can find some joy and they can find some happiness like it's and just, it will be it will be something that you will see people on the pyramid stage at glastonbury singing along to and absolutely. hugging their friends like, like that's the that's the unbelievable um duality of this record isn't it? i mean again Ret returner was a was an album was a, an album was a song that i wanted to, to i mean that how i'm not in it for the money yeah you know yeah. that I'm, I'm, or I'm only in it for the money i'm only in it for the money that hook is massive but again when you read through the whole lyric sheet for that song it's talking about some really complicated difficult things you know mm. it's it's fucking wicked but i would say you know the first half of the album is i guess kind of bigger and more instantaneous um no less deep no less important no less great but really i think remfrey if you don't mind we'll get to the song okay we'll get to we'll get to the song on the record i think which is brothers um which is without any question. I'm just going to say it actually. This is the best song of the year so far. Mm. This isn't one of the best songs of the year so far. This is the best song I have heard so far this year. Released mm. or unreleased in any genre of music. This is piano and raw emotion. And again... Um, the shit that this song deals with and the way that it deals with it, the way that it deals with those kind of complicated emotions and the nuance of like difficult relationships within your family and stuff and uh, I, I think is amazing. And it would be amazing, again, just kind of written down on paper, but added to a song which is just stupendously fragile and beautiful and perfect I, 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 I cannot 
imagine like if you hear a better song than this in 2022 you you've heard the best song of the year this is the bar for all music that i've heard so far this year this is a, a possibly unreachable bar this song mm, yes um this is the song i was talking about when i was talking about um, you said it quite nicely there the duality of this record but the also the duality of the that lyrical idea that you can't be detailed um and yet you know uh reach lots of people <clears throat> i think this song shows that that's total nonsense um it tells an incredible story uh, i mean it is the story of um you know uh, about uh pepe's father you know it is it is that whole thing that we sort of touched on already again i think i think that people should discover it for themselves um but again just to give an idea to just to give an idea of the lyrical kind of tone of the music like i'll just do like the first couple of verses our father hid a lot of painful memories a bunch of shit he never shared but when he died i went out looking for them for all the things he never said thought he was born in 1948 but was born a whole decade before thought he was brought up in new zealand but he was born and brought up in samoa we thought that he was only half samoan that his mother was a german jew but i went and found his birth certificate and he lied about that too and you know so that's basically three verses of like a 20 verse song or something like that and already you're like fuck this is really captivating this is really really interesting and you're brought into the story and the way that it unfolds and the way that it kind of broadens it out to everyone anyone who has grieved certainly and those feelings of kind of maybe maybe regret that you're not able to say things to those people who are no longer here maybe you didn't get an opportunity to say something that you'd always wanted to say to them or um that that feeling that you will just never ever 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 be able to reconcile some unreconciled things with someone now that they're no mm. longer here i think i got that so strong i i get that so strongly listening to this song and it really really <laughs> has a huge emotional effect on me we were talking on the phone last night and i had listened to it five minutes previous to our conversation and mm. i was still wiping tears away when my phone started ringing you know mm. like it's ex it, an extraordinary song if you uh, are uh, someone who's been listening to our podcast for however long and, and you listen to our albums of the year you know how i felt about that brandy carlisle record mm. that was my yeah number three and how kind of moved by all of that i was even and again brandy carlisle writing about very very specific things to her life that seem to resonate so perfectly with me that i recognize so much and you know she doesn't care about she's not trying to appeal to my perspective but i mean you know the 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 second to last verse about him meeting his brother and again i thought about reading out a minute ago but then i was like well i think i'm gonna struggle to read it out but certainly like him meeting this brother that he never knew mm and talking about him with such kind of warmth and then how he had never met his father um and then getting to the point i mean the last line but but if he forgives him then i should too it's so it's so good it's so good and it's so fucking you know it it, it paints david la pepe in an 
a beautiful light as a human being as much as a songwriter i think and i thought there were quite a lot of i mean obviously this is me doing my pearl jam worship thing but there were quite a lot of parallels with um eddie vedder not in the style or anything like that but in like i can tell through the writing of this individual that you are a good human good man yeah (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah Mm. um i mean if if you are like i don't have time for (laughs) 67 minutes of this i'm busy you do i mean you do (laughs) like one one you do two if you just want to listen to one song i would listen to brothers i think you're mad to only listen to one song but i would expect were you to listen to this song you would probably listen to the rest of the album because i can't imagine not going wow this is fucking amazing I, I I agree. Um, the only caveat I'm going to put on that is I don't think Brothers is representative of the album as a whole musically because it no, is um, enormously stripped back. And actually, that was something I was going to say up to up to that point. I think Brothers is track nine. Yeah, track, track nine. nine yeah. Um, up to that point, it's been quite a busy record in terms of the instrumentation and what's going on. And there's quite a few songs. There's a song called Unison, which starts in one way and then ends with this amazing, almost like happy hardcore drum and bass freak. Yeah, which there's is incredible. Lots of drum and ba- there's lots of drum and bass. Yeah. There's lots of kind of kraut rocky drum and bassy bits in there. I mean, I didn't even get to you know. I think in Unison there, there's a there's, there's a bit of talk talk in the middle of that where they're kind of horns. They've got those kind of um, you know minimalist brass being used in sort of sparing ways mm. and also drum and bass parts kraut rock parts like there's a lot of stuff that we haven't even really touched on from that first half but yeah like you say brothers does strip it back so yeah you're right i don't think mm. brothers is representative of the entire record as a whole but mm. i do think that if you are any i mean god don't actually fuck it don't just listen to one song what am i even <laughs> giving you that i'm not giving you the option to do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean Again, Forbearance has got quite a bit of... It's got a kind of drum and bass rhythm to it as well. And that's essentially a ballad as well. I mean, that's kind of uh, ballady. And then when it comes back towards the end, again, like, absolutely fucking beautiful. This is, I think, where we get to um, some really, really amazing, amazing parts of the record. Like, Brothers... These final five tracks are like all 10 out of 10 astonishing as far as yeah. I'm concerned really really astonishing I think the man himself has got this incredible driving beat and again you could on the surface that's probably from the second half of the record the most instantaneous I guess quote unquote mainstream pop sounding one on the surface but it's the lyrical depth and the storytelling yeah. Yeah. storytelling I mean you said yesterday that you don't think he's a million miles off Springsteen at his best and I think that is something which everybody, everybody makes this type of music or a similar type of music, an adjacent type of music to Springsteen tries to go for. And not many people get within touching distance. Touching distance. I've been listening and to I quite think... a lot of Springsteen recently for, for whatever reason. And yeah, Springsteen came up multiple times whilst listening to this record. And I do think the quality... Yeah, I think it matches Springsteen in the storytelling. Yeah, Springsteen levels. Yeah, it absolutely does. I think there's kind of gods I've put as like Jeff Buckley from a UK working class perspective. Now, I know that 
they're not a UK band, but there's a line, um, the Copite coach at Goodison, so a Liverpool supporter coaching at Everton Football Club. I was like, that's so, like for those of people who who know, mm. that's such a great little funny little addition like mm. it's such a sort of brilliantly knowing little i mean it's obviously something that's really that's real mm. you know i mean it's obviously mm. something that we, which has come from real life and i have no reason to doubt the kind of the validity of that but it, it's one of those things that you go yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't invent that or you wouldn't make that but it's it's amazing i don't know i just thought that made it it gave it that real kind of kitchen sink um yeah sort of gritty reality to well, that it. reality yeah yeah it is worth saying that they are based in the uk they actually um moved to the uk about mm. five years ago um yeah. to escape you know their their celebrity fame uh back in australia and the, because the uk have been in this instance quite slow to pick up on them um you know they they moved here but we should also probably point out that uh what in three weeks time they are due to play Brixton Academy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a five thousand cap venue. So it's not yeah. like they're a tiny band over here. Um, but yeah. So. Mm. And then Goal of the Century closes the record, and it is over seven minutes long. It's seven minutes four seconds. It's the longest song on the record. It is for me the euphoric, perfect, spine tingling, air punching, light breaking through the storm at the end of this record that I that I prayed that it would be. Um, that very last verse with just the piano and his voice may be one of the most perfect ways to end the record ever. That last verse of just him, it feels like a stream of consciousness. Do you know what I mean? It feels like mm. it feels like somebody trying to sort of, in real time, trying to go, you know, how do I feel about all of this? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it it's it's really you know. Again, I feel like I want to read a little bit of it out, but not too much. So like the rabbits are chasing, Ricardo's racing, and I'm making a living, and God is forgiving. It's six in the morning, and England is storming. My wife is asleep, and we're thinking of children. I wish you could meet them. Oh, that's really that's such a that's how the album ends. It's great, man. It's fucking great. This record, it's really great. <clears throat> um, I think I, I, mean, I think those those last two songs, just to pick up there, uh, uh, I'd like I, I think those last two songs are a really incredible double bill, so to speak. I think you know they are linked by that sort of hallelujah um, mm. refrain as well, and I really love that the fact that it sort of all comes back to together uh, uh and it really is an extraordinary i was saying to you like before we started recording here that like a lot of the attention is being given to brothers by a lot of reviews and stuff and you know as as it should be uh, brothers is an extraordinary yeah. song but but truthfully there is so much quality amazing things going on on this record i've listened to it now i reckon seven eight times i still don't feel like I, I, like, truthfully there's so much going on in this album that I don't feel like I would be prepared to do the best review possible on this record unless I listen to it 20 times and even then I feel like I'd still be scratching the surface in terms of like an album that you'll be able to come back to again and again and again which is going to reveal more things to you every time you listen to it I mean 
I, I it's not like every time I go back to it I I hear one new thing in one song at this point in time every time I go back to it I hear like 30 new things which blow my mind mm. <laughs> like every time which I just hadn't even twigged before and then I hear this thing I'm like oh that's fucking amazing and then I can't even think of the song without that part you know it's can't unhear it can you yeah can't unhear it absolutely it's, it, yeah. it is it is properly extraordinary the sort of uh oh god i mean just to wank it up journey that uh i've i've had with this record it's it's like yeah. the first time i listened to it i knew it was very good i was like well this is clearly a very good record <laughs> but even then i i i i I didn't quite fully appreciate how phenomenal it is. And I really say that because I think for some people, I think it does have an instantaneous quality to it. You can get enjoyment from this album from your first listen. Like I said before, it's not strictly a complex record musically. Um, There are bits where it's very full um, but you know the individual parts aren't all that complex but the way that it draws you in and the way that it kind of has these surprises which you don't kind of encounter until your ninth, 12th, 18th listen it, it, it it's an extraordinary album from that point of view it's, it's mm. amazing for real I mean look balls on the chopping block time <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> we have only reviewed every time when as you go through the year when you do this you get to the point where you start going at no matter what time of year it is you start going when we get to the end of the year album of the year what's that going to look like what's that going to be what where's that going to sit right and it takes usually takes the year a little while to get going i think last year was even last year, by this time last year, I don't think I... I mean, I, well, I, I hadn't heard any of my top five albums at that point. I um, know oh Stephen Wilson came out quite early. So mm, Stephen yeah, Wilson, Stephen I was Wilson. like, oh, Stephen... But Steve, even Stephen Wilson, which was my number four, and I absolutely fucking love that record. I think it's fucking incredible. Even that, I was like, I think, you know, this is my favourite thus far, and I think it's fucking great. Will it be number one? I think I look at it and go, that's that's top of all. Um, for me so far this year, in terms of what we've actually reviewed, I've heard a few other things. Um, not much, I would say, that comes close to this, but for the only thing that we've reviewed so far this year that I thought to myself, well, this has got to be in with a shout of being very, very high come the end of the year, is Black Country New Road. For me, that is the only thing where I'd go, that is a, p- a potential album of the year contender. Mm. I think Zelenada is also fucking great. Um, I really like the Rena Tomasi album as well. I think that's amazing. Venom Prison for metal. For metal, you know, as a genre on its own, not kind of, te- I think is, is very strong. Cotaluna is obviously, they're always great. I really love the Elvis Costello record. Mm. I really like the Frank Turner record. Yeah. But I would say all of those records, with the exception of Black Country New Road, I wouldn't ever have looked at any of them and gone, this is album of the year potential. Um, I, I think even Black... Like, a few days ago, I've written in my notes, like, this is up there with Black Country New Road. I think having had a few days with it, I think it's, for me, going to be 
ahead of Black Country New Road. And I think Black Country New Road is fucking great. I mean, that album will definitely grow on me, as we discussed in our review. Um, but this is, without any question at all, I think, the hot favourite now for album of the year. It's going to take something really, really amazing from somebody to to outstrip this. This is... I mean, it's funny, we've moaned on Broken Records recently quite a lot about the length of records. We did fucking Phil Collins, which was only 56 minutes long, but it felt like it was about two months, didn't it? Billy Idol, Billy Idol's Cyberpunk was about the same length of this record, and it felt like it went on and on and on and on and on. God, isn't um, that insane that Cyberpunk this record, by Billy Idol is the same length? The same length, yeah. This is 67 minutes long, yeah. but it, it long. just flies by it really does it absolutely flies by there's so much going on here it's hard to know where to even point this in the direction of in terms of genre i don't know what this music is but yet at the same time it feels so instant and massive and and like do you know what i mean it's it's so clearly something that everybody most people would like i can't understand how anyone wouldn't like this I mean, you said one of the things you said to me yesterday is, even if you didn't like it, you'd have to admit that it's at least a seven out of ten, just because of how ambitious and how personal and how brave a record it was. And I'd be inclined to agree with that. Although, I would say, if you didn't like it, you just must really hate music because <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, imagine why you wouldn't like this, unless you just like minimalist avant-garde electronic music or pure kind of high energy pop bangers or death metal if that's all you listen to one of those genres yeah i get it this probably isn't going to be for you but if you just like music in general i cannot even fathom where you would start to find a chink in the armor of this record this is a fucking 10 out of 10 record like this to me feels like this Two things are going to happen here. Uh, this is my prediction. Two things are going to happen here. One, this will get tens out of tens and five out five stars across the board. I agree. Across the board. Yeah. I cannot believe that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Two, they will be like we're going to go and see them at Brixton. Fingers crossed, mm -hmm. Tom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please, Tom. Oh, he'll love that. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, please, Tom. Um, or we'll get everyone to tweet you and bully you into if you don't get us on the guest list. Um, <laughs> uh, and two, that Brixton show in a few years' time will feel like a very intimate show that we saw them at. I, I'm confident that that's the case. Yeah, I'm very confident yeah. that that's the yeah. case. And it's uh, always we're not really... exactly new. We're not exactly new to the party, but I feel like we're just no. getting in there before it becomes what I think it has a very good chance of becoming. I completely agree. I think this record is absolutely astonishing and I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think if you like music, there's no fucking reason why you shouldn't be into this at all. And I mean, we said on the phone yesterday, like, this band are going to be playing the O2, like, mm -hmm. what, within five years? And, and like, making predictions... Uh, mate, uh, even, even less than that, I making predictions like these ones are a fool's errand and we know that even better than most people as journalists you know because we probably have made these predictions in the past and then been <laughs> completely wrong um but i'm i'm that confident 
I'm that confident. Gang of Youths are going to be fucking massive, you know? Mm. I mean, I said last year I would get Corey Taylor's face tattooed on my cheek if uh, Black Country New Road didn't get nominated for a Mercury Prize. Because I was like, that is so, so clear. Yeah. If this band aren't doing arenas by, I mean, I was going to say three years, to be honest, okay. that they'll do an arena show. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the start of next year that they were playing at Ali Pali or Wembley. I, well, yeah, no, well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I was going to say by the end of this album cycle, they'll be doing arenas, but um, an Ali Pali show doesn't seem beyond the realms of possibility. I mean, if if they're not, if, if three years from now they haven't headlined Wembley or Alexandra Palace, let alone the O2, which I think will probably will happen. But if they haven't done Wembley or Ali Pali by the end of this album, then I will get Matt Bellamy lyrics tattooed in a speech bubble coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm oh, that confident. I've never wanted to do such a big turnaround on a band and wish them <laughs> ill. There's nothing you can do, mate. This is an no. unstoppable train that is, that is coming. Um, yeah. There you go. I think... I think we've basically... Well, we haven't really summed well, up. Well, look, we could go on for another, like, two two hours easily, but, you know, <laughs> we've got to stop at some point. But basically, this album's fucking incredible and you should check it out. Yeah, for real. All right, it's Angel in Real Time by Gang of Youths. Thank you very much for listening to us talk about this record. We will see you on Riot Act very, very soon. And... Um, yeah, you need to go and listen to this record. It's fucking brilliant. We will speak to you uh, when we do another one of these. Don't know when it'll be. Don't know what it'll be. But it probably won't be as good as this. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> Let's hope it is. You say, you say is. that. I mean, I think it's either going to be the Vane record or the Koji Radical record. And uh, uh, They I'm, could both be very good. They, yeah. they could both be very good. So They could. Mm. All right. Anyway, speak to you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye now.